welcome to this week's episode of Racing Only Better, where the jumps is back. Yes, jump racing is back. Another flat race insight for us to preview. Cracking on with a load of races at Weatherby and Ascot on Saturday, all on ITV Racing. We're going to preview them here. And this weekend, lads, the jumps racing naps table begins from this weekend. And so, Kevin Blake, you just need to really improve on what you did on the flat, please. Yeah, I'll just go back, revert to the mean, Vanessa, which you all know I did win three of the last four. <laughs> again, again, Donald again. Trump. Donald Trump. We have confirmed that, that is complete and utter bollocks. So you can just back that up. You are not Donald Trump, Kevin Blake. Uh, never, never oh, great people, never great apologize. naps, great podcast. <laughs> That's not bad. Dan, Dan you, you won the flat naps table. You're going to win the jumps, aren't you? Um, not in my current form, no, because uh, Rohan was a two year old the last time I had a winner, as we know. Yeah, yeah, hey, look, you don't need to keep mentioning that you won it, okay? That's the main thing, yeah. And TC, I just don't even think you're that engaged in winning this, are you? (laughs) I don't know, I just don't feel like you're that engaged in the whole naps table. Where'd you get that shit from? Because you were doing so badly until the last weekend of the flat season when you just had one winner at a massive price. Oh, I don't know what you're going on here with this. You better stop or I'll take offence. <laughs> no, come on now. You couldn't take offence. But you have taken quite a lot of offence this week, actually. Dare I ask you about the weather situation? No, yeah, I will play this straight. We'll play this straight. Well, if, you want, if, you want to, if you want to read a rant, read my column on betting.betfair on Friday. Um <laughs> Now, Weatherby, we'll start off, we're starting off with Weatherby. Yeah, we yeah. are. Well, yeah, Weatherby's we are. currently uh, good to soft, good in places. Had some rain. We're recording this three o'clock on Thursday. They've had, I think, up to three mil um, in the morning. Uh, there was a bit more to come, I think, the last last time we had an update. But I'm working on the basis of good to soft. There's about five or six mil due, uh, depending on what forecast you, you read on Friday and Saturday. So I think we're probably looking at uh, good to soft. So that's uh, no excuses ground, as they say. No excuses ground, like it. Okay, well, let's crack straight on because we've got the novices hurdle to kick things off. Uh, 150 at Weatherby on Saturday over the two miles, three and a half furlongs. And Prairie Wolf looks like he will be the favourite for this for Sue Smith. Learn a lot in there for Ollie Murphy. Aidan Coleman in the saddle. Ollie Murphy won this race last year with that Tamar Bridge. Um, Joe De Dancer in there as well. Autumn return for Ruth Jefferson, who's had a few nice winners recently. Dan, I think we will start with you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, come on. He won the naps table. He gets to start. Yeah, I, I think you slightly misquoted me in some senses because I'm not massively all over this horse, but I did think the one who might be missed, and I know Kev feels the same, was Joe Dadanza based on the fact he's not done it under rules yet. But um, I looked through the point form where he was 11 lengths clear when he crashed out late on, and the time that the winner clock that day was still the fastest on the card, yet he would have won the race by 11 lengths, so he would have oh absolutely God. obliterated it. Um, no idea how much he went for. It's clearly a private sale. There's no, I couldn't find any sales listed publicly, but he's representing a stable that are in rude health and have been for a while. And the point experience suggests to me that he will uh, be well tuned and able to jump hurdles. I mean, it's not a weak race because Autumn Return was impressive and he beat her in his bumper. He beat a horse that's won a bumper since by a wide margin. 
And the same goes for Prairie Wolf. His bumper form reads pretty well as well, but because he'll be a bigger price. Win only, Joe Dadansa. Kevin, if you don't have anything to add, should we just thank <laughs> you in this race? No, no, Joe Dadansa is definitely the interesting one uh, for all the reasons Dan mentioned. Um, the, 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 that point to point was at Lizarona, which, which isn't a million miles away from here. And he would have been much the fastest time on the day. And he, he was a five-year-old, but in the four-year-old maiden earlier that day, um, a horse called Better Days Ahead won um, and won well. And like he, he's a very well-hyped horse. Um, Gordon Elliott bought for 350 grand after that. Um, like so it wasn't like it was a load of donkeys running around this Rona other than other than this fella. So um he's definitely interesting. Ben Pauling is, is gonna be an interesting trainer to watch this season because he, he's moved into his golf course um yard, which uh which I got to walk around before while it was being built. It's just the most interesting thing you'll ever see in terms of trainers' yards. So I'll be watching his form closely and uh, this looks a lovely recruit for him. Okay, and TC, where did you land in this novice's hurdle? Yeah, I think if you go through the race and if you type in Joe Doe's answer to the Twitter search, it will actually pull up that that point run. Um, so obviously, he's, he's never he was never really going to be missed in the market at all, wasn't he? And um, I'm not I, I don't buy into the fact that Pauling's in, in good form because he isn't. Um, but um, he had a winner at Aintree, but apart from that, that a winner today? Not in great form, but. Um, no, he's in a white form, but I think well that would, that would bring him up to about eight percent in the last fortnight. But um, no, he, that wouldn't be that would be an issue uh, either way. Um, I don't know if we mentioned the fact that go back to that Joe Joe, Joe Dad Dancer, or calling it Dad Dancer, isn't it? Dad uh, Dancer, I thought that. Yeah, thought that there's dad only dad. one D. It's the Dancer. It's true, that is true. Do Dancer, a Dad Dancer, isn't it? Surely. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, obviously that that form has been franked as well. I mean, the I'm not sure if you mentioned it, Dan, because uh, I probably wasn't listening. But um, <laughs> um, the one that finished the 31 length third in that race where he fell actually come out and actually pissed up at uh, Elso last last weekend. So that and and the and the clincher is there we go. Calling did a did a very big stable tour in the weekend or on Wednesday. Oh, what horse didn't he mention? <laughs> Poseidon, Poseidon, Poseidon. Who dad dancer? <laughs> I can't and believe you said he's not in good form, me. I can't believe you said he's not in good form. I think he's going really well. That is the angle in on this show. I love it. Well done, TC. That's why we have you here to pull out those sort of angles. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if the horse went off favourite because everyone, like us, everyone's going to be homing in on that on that on that point run. Um, if you are the solid one in the race is obviously your autumn return, as Dad as Dan said, that was a very very solid market raise and win in a fair time. She picks up a six pound penny for that, but uh, she's the most solid one. But yeah, I can see um, Joe Dad's answer going in favour actually. So I don't think that it might not end up much value in that. No, okay, lots of positives about Joe the dancer then. Uh, don't forget, guys, in terms of offers from Betfair this weekend on Friday and Saturday, get a £10 free bet when you bet £10 worth of multiples both those days and horse racing. And please do check the show's description for the T's and C's of that offer. That is a must, but do avail of that if you so wish. Uh, let's move on to the 225 at Weatherby. This is the Mayor's Hurdle. It's listed race. Molly Ollie's wishes in here at 11 to 8. Martello Sky next bets 2 to 1. Nina the Terrier, uh, 4 to 1. Those are the top three in the market as things stand right now, Dan. Um, 
I love this race. Love the mares. Molly's Ollie's wishes, obviously, off the back of the summer break and won it last year. Do you expect her to go in again? I do, really, yeah. Um, yeah. And it's a race that's cut up slightly. And now out of the picture was the unbeaten Harry Fryhorse. She's not been declared. So she was a potential fly in the ointment. I'm um, just a believer that Martello Sky, who stables, had only a handful of runners lately. I don't think she's a two-miler. However much water they put on, she she won first time out last season at Market Race, and that was two and a half. She then won that war of attrition with Indefatigable at Cheltenham later in the season. Again, a test of stamina. Um, I just think that this sets up really well. See the sea will make all. She won't get home away from quick ground. And Molly Ollie's wishes will be in a position to do what she did 12 months ago, which is kick on after passing the leader and, and not coming back. And I know she didn't hold a form towards the end of the season, but Skelton's been on record as saying that the yard generally might be three weeks behind, but every horse that's had a target is going to be fit. And surely this is the target for this horse. Yeah, she just sort of struggled when she stepped up into all sex races, but her record in the mares races, Molly's always wished, is absolutely sensational. Nina the Terrier was of interest for me, Kevin, just that obviously got a slight fitness edge over a few of these. Won't be a concern having had the run. Yeah, I'd be with you there, actually. Um, look, Molly's Ollie's wish is clearly going to be tough to beat, um, stays further, but, but won the race last year. And, and like Dan says, it's probably going to be well prepped for it. But um, look look at these weights. She's given away £6 to Nina the Terrier, who's um, rated £12 lower, but like she comes into this race fit. I think two miles is, is probably her trip. She stays a little bit further, but I think two miles is fine for her. Um, Alan King is having plenty of winners. Um, look, it just if if she was to get the better of Molly's Ollie's wishes at some stage, it'll probably be Saturday, won't it? So yeah, um, I thought at a at a much bigger price, she'd be a, a tentative alternative to the to quite short price half. Yeah, that's sort of my way in as well. TC, are you looking away from the favourite too? Um, yeah, I mean, I was, we were chatting about this earlier in the week, uh, myself and Dan, and Molly's Ollie's wishes was an early four to one. There, I know we've lost a couple of horses, but. I just think she's far too short now, 11 to 8, isn't she? Um, you know, obviously, she does stay a lot, lot further than this. And I think if you, nothing massively appeals, but if you're, if you're an exchange player and you want a trading angle, I think C the C uh, is an obvious one. She, she's 12 to 1 in the wider marketplace. The, the sportsbook are ducking her slightly at nines, but I think she's going to make the running. She's race fit. I think... Uh, she doesn't have that much to find on these on these ratings. Um, she's getting you know six and four pounds from the market leaders. Um, she's going to go out in front. I think she'll probably still be there, two out maybe at the last. And I think you'll you'll give you a really good run for your money. So maybe look to back her about ten to one plus and stick in an in running lay around about the two to one mark. I think that could be the angle into it. Molly's all his wishes again. Like I said. I think I think she won't lead. I think she does need further. I think she's too short. Martello Sky has got a brilliant record for us, and she's unbeaten on her season reappearance. So I'd give her a bit more respect than than um, maybe Dan and Kevin were giving her. But yeah, see the season exchange um, back to lay angle for me. Okay, she broke two, one of my favorite things last year. She broke two course records in the space of a week last season. See the oh. season. Is that the is one? Where, is that the one where she just hurdled brilliantly both times? Yeah, on on rapid ground because she's so fast. She's half a short runner, isn't she? Really, but she. Um... I, yeah, but the, the forecasts do vary at both tracks, but hopefully they'll they'll miss a lot of the rain. But yeah, uh, see the sea for me. Okay, 
Okay, CSC for you. Um, let's move on to the bet three six five hurdle, the grade two. Uh, currently at the top of the market, Sporting John seven to four. Indefatigable won the race last year three to one, taking on Proshima again, who chased Indefatigable. Oh, I was going to tip that, but I can't oh, pronounce it. Yeah. That was Language. hard going, wasn't it? Yeah, that was hard there. going. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I won't say her name again. It's just too hard. Uh, three under through five in there, having a hurdling start ahead of a staying chasing campaign, you would have thought, Dan. Uh, Sporting John, just I just feel like he's the class edge in here. But I don't know, there's something about him that's got the angle of like the nearly horse. He just hasn't quite become the horse we all hoped and thought he was going to. I do think he could become a stayers hurdle horse late in the campaign. Obviously, I think it was probably a slight setback robbed him of the chance of doing it 12 months ago. Yeah. But again... Still only a seven-year-old. Yeah, I mean, I think it's more so now the handicaps are out of the way. Will they change attack and think, well, the stayers hurdle is actually our aim? Are we mega bothered about having him revved up for a grade two at Weatherby five months before Cheltenham has his... Might not be the way we'd like to think racing being discussed, but I suspect it will be. I think anything can win this, any of these. And for that reason, I'm going to put up the absolute rag of the lot, Oscar Elite. And <sighs> I was hoping he was going to run over fences at Cheltenham last week. He was he was entered and I definitely would have backed him, but he didn't. They've gone for hurdles for whatever reason. But go back to his novice hurdle campaign. He was third to a high senior. He was second. I think he was third in Albert Bartlett as well, wasn't he? So he had really good place for him in the top staying novices. The thing that's held him back is he's been a bit of a bleeder, but I'd rather back a horse like him first time out. He's had a wind up as well. And I've got a bit of a view as we'll go on with the following race, the Charlie Hall, that Joe, in his first season fully training, is going to want these horses absolutely A1 for these big targets because it's 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 sort of such a, a shot window for him to advertise yeah. his talents 20s i mean i'd even consider backing him each way with two places at, at four as a place um but yeah him token suggestion no more admittedly okay rank outsider at 20 to 1 kevin um which way were you leaning in here um narrowly with <laughs> number six <laughs> uh, in fairness like she she's not terribly exposed at around three miles um won this race last year and look she's getting a bit older but you know i thought that run on the flat the other day was actually a really good run in the um in the phil Lovely. bull trophy yeah i was mm. a pop i was a popular one in, in the old time farmhouse <laughs> but i thought it was a good run look at the sharpener up with give her race fitness um, I like her at this trip nowadays and she just might be able to catch some of these on the hop um, most of them are making their seasonal return certainly most of the fancy ones are making their seasonal return and um, that little bit of race fitness might just be a difference maker but it, it's not a, one of my more bullish shouts on this particular show okay indefatigable yes clear yeah, well, got it. Come got on. It. thank god for that I'll leave it uh, there now yeah. Should we just leave it there? Yeah. Um, line line broke up a bit, Vanessa. What was that? No, no, no. TC, um, which way we were, like, um, who do you fancy? Yeah, I, I did an anti post column on Tuesday. I stuck up Thomas Darby at um, tens and Fashima at sevens. Um, Thomas Darby's, you can still, if you shop around, you can still get tens about Thomas Darby. I think that's still on the big side. Um, had a wind up since we last saw him. He does carry a six pound punning tee for uh, uh, the, the Newbury win, but uh, yeah, I mean, he's 
he's rated very very similar to, to Sporting John. Um, it's just a matter of whether he's revved up first time up. He's had a wind up since we last saw him. I think uh, I think the ten to one is if you can access that, and I think he'll be around about that on the exchange. I think that's too big. The ground is Fushima. I think is if it's if they don't get that much rain at Weatherbeam, it's good to soft or even better. I think Fushima could take all the beating here. Um, last season, um, yeah, he traded six to four in running. Uh, I think he was given far too much to do by, by Harry Skelton. Never really got into it, and never. You know, never got within two lengths of uh, uh, the horse that no one could pronounce. Indefatigable. Un- uncharacteristic. Indefatigable. Come on, pull yourself together. Um, anyway, anyway, yeah, I mean, if it's, if, it's, if it's really decent ground, I think Prashima, I think the 9-2 early on first, he's disappeared into 7-2. But like I said, if it's decent ground, I think I think he uh, should take the beating. Really good promising return over an adequate trick at Chepstow um, last month. And yeah, I mean, second in the race last year was going really well when falling two out and the Cheltenham handicap that Sporting John won. Um, and I think there's plenty of mileage um, in him, improvement in them over three miles on decent ground. So if it's really, if it's good to soft or better, I think Prosima will be a very confident selection. And I could even see him vying for favouritism with Sporting John if that's the case. Okay, well, everyone, full team taking on the favourite in Sporting John with a variety of different options. Let's move on to the big race, guys. This is the Charlie Hall Chase. Next race at Weatherby at 3.35, over the three miles. And can't believe it's happening so early in the season, but we get to see Brave Man's Game versus Ahoy Senor again. They've met a good few times in the past and it's gone differing ways. Kevin, I'll allow you to start on this one. Brave Man's Game is currently the 11 to 8 favourite. Ahoy Senor, 2 to 1. Eldorado Allen, next best at 9 to 2. And Sam Brown in there at a bigger price, 14s. But it's all about Ahoy Senor, isn't it? Come on, Ahoy Senor, around here. Wow. It's all about if he can put it together or not, Vanessa. Because, like, if he can put it together, we know how good he can be. Um, like, we saw it at Aintree last season, like, he was really good. And beating a horse I like that's very solid at the level and Fury Road. But, you know, Brave Man's game gave him a, gave him a good singing to earlier in the season, you know, albeit on a less suitable track, you could say. Um, and look, I, I like Brave Man's game. I've always liked him. He let us, he's let us down now at the back end of the season a couple of times. But through last season, like he jumped as well as any novice chaser anywhere and looked really impressive. It just all ended on a bit of a whimper. Um, so you can rely on him doing his thing and being ready to rumble, I suspect. Um, but where that makes him a better on six to four, I don't know. You know, a high senior has the ability to beat him clearly if he if he's on song and if he's sharp. But do you want to take the chance of two to one? If you made me pick between the big two, it's definitely Brave Man's game. But I'd actually... Oh, I'd actually yeah, but nah, I'll do something left field when I say, look, it's not a nice each way race, clearly. But um, I, I could see Win My Wings out running that price. Um, she's a big old price there, 16 to 1. Um, she was very good to the podcast uh, second half last season. She, she had a couple of big wins, obviously, in the, the Eider and um, the Scottish National. And I just loved the way she went through those races. Like the, the angle with her was that she was unexposed over staying trips, but she just seemed to be booming and improving you know, regardless of the trip, because like she, she was a, almost a difficult ride for, for Ryan Mania and Rob James because she was jumping so well and traveling so well that she was getting there too soon and getting idle. 
you know. So I actually think coming back in trip will suit her in a better race, you know, where they can ride her with a bit of patience. Um, another jockey change with Jack Judah taking over. And I just wouldn't be shocked if she can get in amongst these better British staying handicap chasers. You know, look, it'll be a different story when the likes of a Plutard roll in and, and start absolutely whacking all of them for the crack. But um, I, I just it just wouldn't be a surprise if she's capable of getting on their tails. And I don't think we've seen the ceiling with her yet. So, I, I, yeah, it's not a good each way race, but she's a big old price. And if you're, if, you know, she's she's interesting. She's interesting. Okay, win my wings for Christian Williams, Jack Tudor, and a saddle at 16s for Kevin. I'm all aboard Ahoy Senor or Ahoy Sailor, as I like to call them. <laughs> Ahoy <time>. Sailor! <laughs> um, TC, where did you uh, land? Yeah, I can, I can see the, the case for win my wings for Kev. Um, six of the seven rivals, six, uh, all six of her rivals have gone forward in the past. So, this could be a very tactical race and win my wings will be the stalker in the field. Uh, yeah. And the early betting on, on the exchange as we speak now on Thursday afternoon, or the money's been coming for win my wings. The sportsbook actually opened up 20 to one about her and that's been taken. Um, the more I looked at the race, the more I thought the betting was just all wrong. Um, just a, a, a strict look at the official racing suggests this is far, far deeper than the betting was have you suggest about the front two of the market. Um, El Dorado, I don't know, I was going to put up each way over the week, three places, but the price went from eight to five before I could file. So I ditched that. I can fully see the case for him. First time that record's great. Only been beaten once in four starts for the Tizards first time up. Um, wouldn't rule out paint, paint the dream race fit. Um, I wouldn't rule out any of them. I mean, secret investor getting the weight, you know, feet. And, it, and if it's decent ground on Saturday, I mean, he's in there. So I came to the conclusion that. I fancied all the five at the current prices apart from the top two. So oh. instead of putting out five horses, I've decided to lay, I'm going to personally lay the front two of the market. Oh. Uh, if I can get Brave Man's game in the, in, in the hod at six to four and Ahoy Senor about nine to four and five to two, you're going to have the field running for you at a massive odds against. And that's where I'm going to play it. I'm going to, I'm going to take shot. on the grade one winning novices from last year with with five horses, many of whom are bang up there on official ratings at these weights. Very interesting. Very interesting indeed. I personally would be very disappointed if Ahoy Senor and Brave Man's Game both flop in this race, Dan. I really want them to show something decent, at least, so that we can kick on to the rest of the season, build up to the King George, hopefully with Brave Man's Game and the Gold Cup with Ahoy Senor. There's no room for sentiment in betting. Get them no. beat. Get them back. Uh, no, no, I, I can, I can. I'm with you, Vanessa. It'd be nice so for a couple of these British trained horses to win a nice race before <laughs> things get, before things get a bit more serious later. As in a prep, prep run for finishing fifth Kevin. in the Gold Cup. <laughs> Piss off. Come on, Dan. Come on, Dan. Bring some normality to this podcast. Bring I some am... sense to this podcast. Well, um, I'm sort of with you in the sense that I'm, I'm pretty conclusive that the best three mile horse in this race by some way is a high senior. And if he ever puts his jumping together properly, and the noise has been rather more positive on that score, although they've never wanted to criticise him, have they? Um, then oh. he could put up a devastating performance. But there's also, it's weather being October and they've got later targets. Brave Man's game, the market reflects the idea that he might be more ready to go. Uh, TC touched upon our conversation with Molly Ollie's wish the other week. We also had one where I said I was with El Dorado Alan each way. So the each way angle has been spoiled slightly 
But I do think there's enough juice to justify a, a small win-only bet on him at the at the current price. And it's what TC said, brilliant record fresh, Halden Gold Cup last season. He won a Denman later in the campaign. Under circumstances basically very similar, aren't they? The ground won't be that testing, I don't think. And he's not maybe the strongest stayer, but I just, I'd just be amazed if he isn't absolutely cherry ripe. This Tizard thing that I mentioned in the previous race, I'm going to carry over to this. I think he's going to have all these horses bang ready to go. Stamina, the stamina was a worry for me, but yeah. Yeah, I, I mean... Hopefully the ground won't be too bad. Yeah, under conditions like those in the Denman last year when I put him up, it was that was thinking he might do them for speed. Um, if your high senor gets out of rhythm and Brave Man's game wobbles badly as he did at Aintree last season, it could open it up. And I just thought he was the most solid. I thought he was the most likely to be ready anyway. Yeah. Okay. El Dorado, Alan, for you at nine to two then. Um, before we move on to Ascot, don't forget the Betfair offer. Bet ten, get a £10 free bet when you bet £10 worth on multiples on Friday and Saturday. But please do check the podcast description for the offers, T's and C's. Let's move on to Ascot and get weather report and going update, TC. Uh, currently good to soft, good in places at Ascot. Very similar forecast uh, to Weatherby, albeit variable. I think they're expecting about five or six mil. So again, I'll work on the basis of uh, maybe good to soft ground there, maybe verging on good, but yeah, it's, uh, shouldn't be too testing at either track, famous last words. Okay. Uh, the 130, the Ascot Underwriting Novices Limited Handicap Chase over two miles, three furlongs, sees none other than Goshen make yes. his chasing debut. Now, if anything, this is going to be entertaining to watch, isn't it, Kevin? Yeah, well, that's the beauty of a Goshen. Like, wouldn't you love more Goshens knocking around? Just these absolute kind of fruitcakes that are just <laughs> capable of doing, like, incredibly talented things, but also, like, mad things, like... Uh, who, who could ever forget his run in the champion hurdle a year and a half ago when he just <laughs> decided, decided to go off into a hedge, basically, in the middle part of the race, off of the white outside. Uh, what an absolute Mickey taker he can be. But, um, God, there is an awful lot of talent in there. And I wish him well. I enjoy Goshen. Um, but um, fair play to them. It's kind of a punchy place to start him off, um, effectively running off a mark of 157 on his chasing debut in a handicap. Um, that's, the, that's the type of thing we like to see. Um, and it, it, it is a big ask. He gets the benefit of race fitness after a good spin on the flat the other day. Um, but I did find myself drawn to Cobbler's Dream, um, who you know comes from a point-to-point background. He was brought along steadily last season. And um, God, he nearly went and won at Cheltenham. He was second in the American <laughs> Pipe. Um, that, was a, that was a big, big run. <laughs> Sorry, Tony. Uh, beaten by a good horse beaten by a good horse um, in in Banbridge (laughs) um, oh the cheating O'Brien horse oh yes come on (laughs) you'll always find a way to shoehorn in a Joseph O'Brien winner yes by reading the forum book in this case Vanessa Uh, as as all the shoehorning goes, that wasn't the worst. But uh, he just you you watch him jump a hurdle, you just say, yeah, this this fella's going to be grand over fences, and he's going to be getting um, what is it, 11, 12, 12 pounds off Goshen. So he, he just might be able to make use of it. Um, I was going to say about the weight, uh, eleven pounds. Sorry, I know yeah. I should know. I know I should know. But what what is the point of these limited novices handicap or limited handicap because? Goshen here, I mean, he's artificially short because obviously all the others are racing out the handicap. 
Why, He's eleven why, to ten at the moment. As why can't, why can't you? They just why can't it just you be change normal? the weight? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they should open it up a bit more, maybe. But you obviously goes without saying. Surely you'd much rather these be handicaps and just be novices. Um, and yeah, and why, can't just, just, why can't it be a normal novice's handicap? Yeah, why I don't know. Why is it, it's a bottom weight here, 10, 13, so it's a truncated handicap. Yeah, so I, don't have the, I don't have the answer. I don't have in the a answer. normal maybe, year, you wouldn't get maybe, a 5.57 rated horse running in it, would you? It wouldn't have been an issue. But Yeah, maybe yeah. they're just trying to encourage the, the higher rated runs ones to want to run, maybe. I'm not sure. But, but I mean, um, it obviously affects the betting. If, if, you know, if you've only got one horse in the, hand, in the handicap that's in the, actually in the handicap itself. So I thought it was – I couldn't get my head around it, why, why it was a limited handicap, but – are you with or against Goshen then on that basis, TC? Um, haven't got a massive opinion, but I would say if you are backing a horse first time out of fences at eleven to eight, it probably shouldn't be Goshen. <laughs> Go around the world. You what? Sorry, eleven to ten, isn't he? Eleven to ten. I think, I think yeah. I, I'm just looking at the exchange price at two point three plus. Um, yeah, I mean, likes like like it's probably not as going to be as testing as, as he would like it, but. You know, Gary Moore's won two of the last five runnings of this race with, with decent horses. And, um, you know, he's, he's going to be bang ready for this, isn't it? And if they do get more rain than this forecast, then his chance will increase. But if you ask me to take 11 to 8 on the exchange, I'll probably have the 8 to 11, the, the others running for me. I'd rather that the angle as well. And, and as Kev said, I think uh, the Ben Case horses, uh, you know, I think he could be a decent chaser. But it's because of the nature of the race and the prices involved, it's... Not a betting race for me. Okay, not a betting race for TC and Cobbler's Dream for Kev. What about you, Dan? Oh, I don't mind this as a betting race because Tony says you can go. was always got to be short. I mean, 11 to 10 about a horse who could be 11 to 4 after one fence. All he needs to do is charge into it, lunge Jump right, it. and people will be all overlaying him. And he's not got the obvious background of a chaser, has he? Um, I appreciate the Gary Moore record definitely wants mentioning because he always has them ready for this meeting. Albeit most of those have been classic chasing types like Benatar and horses like that, and Nassalam who runs in the next. Uh, after all that, the, the irony of Goshen running against a horse called Cobblers because I did them when he fell in the triumph was not lost <laughs> on me. Um, but I, I like Samarif. I think he's a. I mean, Gowell Rhodes had one go at chasing and didn't jump at all well at Perth. Cobblers Dream. The thing I'd say is Ben Case has had one winner since February, I think, and. That was in June, so he's. I just think the stable's quite quiet, and maybe his record fresh won't be enough to get him home. Samri, I think, will be ready. He's had three blobs last season, but when he was good, he was very good, wasn't he? The day we were at Sandown, all of us, and then on the final day of the season at Sandown, was I not invited to that Sandown day out? You all had no, no. The silence no. speaks volumes. Yeah, it wasn't so much the day out; it was the evening after. That was the real fun. <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll keep quiet the details um so in short and with samari uh nichols is another trainer who's tended to have horses prepped for this race he had solo just chinned last season and he has a the main angle for me is goshen getting him beaten the, the, okay the thing back with nichols is i mean i imagine johnny de la Hayes in the country and gonna be at ascot on saturday because nichols seems to have prepped quite a lot of uh yeah yeah horses for this race and likes of magistrato and diego de charmille so, mm. yeah. Okay, all on a jolly day out then. Um, 
the 205 guys, the handicap hurdle over just shy of the two miles. Any harm in asking is currently your 11 to 4 favourite. Uh, call of the wild 9 to 2, uh, next best in the market. Um, any harm in asking, Dan? I think we'll start with you on this one. Improved all of last season. Uh, it's sort of a question of where does the improvement end with him, really? Um, yeah, no, he, he, bear in mind, he's, he's most notable for being the only horse to beat Constitution Hilly, beat him in a point-to-point. Um, and the, the downside, I think, is the fact he's going from winning races at Catterick and Sedgefield, wasn't it? £10 higher mark, he's now running at Ascot, first time out. I mean, it is a bigger ask for him for all. He's got loads of potential still. I find this race very hard. I think at the if you're playing the race win only, Galore de Sessons, Make some appeal because I think 130 is very generous on the Dovecut run behind Orkham Risker. But what I was inclined to do is take the unexposed ones out of it and back a bridal filth horse each way, Broomfield Berg, and seem canter there and get turned away by something. But I've got a minor profit at the place part, if if nothing else. Okay, Broomfield Berg currently six to one for you at the moment on the sports book. Uh, TC, do you like that angle in for Dan? Um, I thought, I actually did think he's the most solid horse uh, for oh. each way terms. Um, the one doubt is, and we are recording this before SWAT runs in the 350 on, on Thursday, Nicky Henderson's stable form is not great. Um, oh. he, they've had a lot of horses run pretty badly. They're having a really quiet start to the season. His only recent winner is a two to nine poke. Uh, if you go and have a look at some of the way his horses have been running, it would worry me. But, you know, one Weird, winner. it seems to be the chasers mainly as well. I don't know why. Yeah, so it might be just, obviously, the, the obviously the you know, the opposite side of that is, you know, only takes one winner for our, for our kind of like views on trainer form to change. And also, obviously, you're dealing with a horse in Broomfield Berg who's also already come out and run well. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I do think that's it. The one I landed on is... Um, and I, and I backed him. Uh, he's he's actually a very fair price still at uh, at nines um, with with the sports book. Uh, it's basically the best price around. Uh, it's Highway One Hundred Two. Um, I always get this. Is it Highway One Hundred Two or Highway One Hundred One? He's two, highway, yeah. One Hundred Two. Um, obviously, exchange players will know him about Fontwell last time when he traded at One Hundred One and chucked away what looked an unassailable lead. Not the first horse to do it at Fontwell. Um, no, I, I can see the angle of him coming back in trip here. Now, all his, all his best form has come over uh, a longer trip. I mean, he was second in the Lanzarote over two mile five. Uh, and he was only fifth in this race last year. But that was quite a good renewal last year. And, and this, I've, I've counted four or five horses that like to go forward here. So I think this could be really strongly run. Um, obviously, Highway 102 is, is, is one of those that could go forward. Uh, they've taken the hood off him here. So I think they might ride him aggressively again at least a very prominent ride um yes and you know he ran he ran one of his better races without a hood um in the Lanzarote second there so uh Chris Gordon's you know three recent winners um yeah I think high road 102 is very very solid that that run last time what might put people off but um he's not the first horse to do it at Fontwell Okay, Highway 102 for you at nines currently um Kevin where did you go 
Oh, I thought this was the race, Vanessa. This was the one. Oh. This was the most oh. interesting one of the whole lot. Because I, you know, I love a sneaky angle, a sneaky angle. And four of the top five in the weights here are entered in the Great Wood. They're all red high enough to get in. Three of them are have connections that that we we would safely call sneaky. And Ooh, <laughs> look, this this, this 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 and this this race is worth a few quid now. But I just wouldn't be surprised if um if those horses. We're kind of happy to finish third and fourth or fifth with a view to Sharpton up for Cheltenham. Um, and one that isn't entered in the Greywood. And I think this type of race, as TC mentions, heap of pace, um, they could go a right gallop up front. I think it'll really suit Washington. Oh. Um, he, he was progressive back in the last season. He was a bit unlucky at Aintree. He kind of made a bad mistake at the at the wrong time. And, and he's just one of those, you want him to sit off the pace and travel and travel and look to strike late. Um, Fergus Gregory knows him well at this stage. And the race just might set up for him. And this is a big pot. He's not entered in a great hood. Ollie Murphy's having winners. And I wouldn't be surprised if he kind of gave him a, had given him a bit of a squeeze to have him ready for this. Um, so yeah, Washington for me, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be my nap, I suspect. Ooh, God, you've given away your nap early. God, Kevin, we need to keep I, I said, I, I said, I suspect, I said, I suspect. Oh, okay, I have to okay. tune in to make sure, have to keep listening to make sure. To make sure. Okay, it fair will enough. Be. Definitely um, will be. I think I was at, was at Banger, <laughs> Banger when Washington won. He's a gorgeous looking horse. He sort of looks as though he could be, you know, he's, Got plenty of ability, basically. Yeah, lizard his nerves a bit, doesn't he? Proper mm. run race is what he wants, as Kev says. Gorgeous looking horse. Have you ever had anybody in the media describe anything as a right a rat? <laughs> yeah, yeah. With regularity, really? a flat rat. Yeah. Um, the two forty guys. The two forty at Ascot is the big handicap chase over the two miles, one furlong before midnight is the four to one favorite but it is wide open amula golden here at five to one as well um and amula gold who of course dan won it last year but is officially disqualified courtesy of some banned substances and monsieur lecoq chased him home that day same again reopposing yeah i'd forgotten that actually um give did kev a favor he was one of kev's favorites um, yeah, yeah. he's pretty hard to escape his claims though isn't it maybe skeletons aren't firing on the sort of cylinders that they normally are at this time of year they've just had a winner this afternoon as we record on on Thursday but a courtesy of a few below par runs in good races last season Emilio Gold returns three pounds lower than when he won the race and something like 10 or 11 pounds better off with before midnight from when the pair met next time and they finished first and second in a race so so if I'm playing this race, I feel like I have to keep him on side because this is a race that he's won twice and he will have presumably have been laid out for it again. The one horse I think has got the scope to be a fair bit better than his mark is Time White for what it's worth. I mean, he's Ooh. had just a handful of goes over fences. Clearly, the U and the F, better than an FU, um, in his Ooh. form figures aren't exactly encouraging for any round big track like this. But, I mean, he's a big... A big scopey horse. He was sort of too big for a juvenile, etc. Ran several encouraging races. Um, I think he might prove a fair bit better than low one forties this season. And I'm I'm tempted to do that. Win only plays on time white and the horse who's made hay in this race, Amula Gold. He's made Johnny Della hay in this race, Amula Gold. Oh, 
<laughs> um, I, like your I like your time white angle I always think every time I know Paul is always quite bullish about his horses but I do feel like this horse could be better well is better than his 142 current rating over fences Kev um, who did you land on here yeah my old pal Amula Gold um, he just oh. seems to be better in the first half of the season um, for whatever reason, um, as Dan says, we, we know that the British jumps handicapper has just been super generous with these with these horses that have a couple of moderate runs. And uh, he's back down to a really attractive mark and putting your putting yourself in Dan Skelton's brain, which could be a scary place, I'd imagine. Um, he's surely, you know, all about having this horse revved up for this race, um, given how well he's gone in it before. And, you know, a horse like him tends to maybe only have one big day a season. So, um, yeah, I'm hoping all the screws are tightened up to the max and the Moodle Gold swoops under Bridget Andrews for success. Nice. I once, on Dan Skelton, no, I was flying home from Ireland and we were on a delayed flight. So I sat with him waiting for the flight and I so nearly walked away from the delay and the flight home to England with a greyhound, but not quite. But that is, you know, Dan's got his fingers in plenty of pies and has some greyhound connections that didn't come to fruition for is this me. This on board. Is... What was the dog? Yeah, and, and you, you have his, you have history as well, Vanessa, with, with dogs. With dogs, I have history with dogs. Yeah, that is that is factually correct. We, we'll, we'll have to we'll have to retell that story someday on the podcast. Is that the greyhounds that um, come out of traps or eat live animals for for people's enjoyment? <laughs> That doesn't happen. <laughs> that doesn't happen. No, that doesn't I happen. But traps, traps, traps. <laughs> um, anyway, Dan Skelton didn't sort me out with a dog, which was ultimately quite disappointing because I thought he was going to, but he didn't come good for me, but he may well come good for a Moolah Gold in this race yet again. TC, who do you fancy? Um, I'm going to take a flyer on Daily Tiger here. Um, Kevin will know him quite well. He um, won a valuable, valuable mm. handicap at, at, um in January 2021, off a mark of 147 in Ireland, went on to finish second in the Hilly Way. Lost his way for Noel Mead, and uh, Laura Morgan picked him up for 40 grand last month. Um, it's a bit of a leap of faith by. Uh, I think uh, that might explain why they've called the new syndicate the Twist Your Arm Syndicate. So <laughs> may have, uh, she may have had to kind of like be very persuasive to sell some shares in it, but. She's undoubtedly handy, uh, got a really handicapped horse. She can sweeten them up. And I've got a lot of time for Laura Morgan. She's, I was quite surprised to see she's had 22 winners already this season, uh, 22% strike rate. She's had, and trainer, I agree. She's had two or three different there. I mean, if she can really kind of like, you know, sweeten this up. I mean, she's only had him eight, seven weeks. So it could be a, you know, it could be a means to an end this. And, and the fact that he was also entered in the handicap hurdle on this card earlier in the week suggests that might be the case. But he's 20 to 1 in the sports book. Um, uh, I think you'll get bigger on the exchange. He's the kind of horse that could massively drift. But like I said, Morgan is a, a trainer I've got a lot of time for. And uh, actually, uh, Mark of 150 is exploitable. Uh, you know, that, that would equate to, he was rated 157 in Ireland. So that would equate to about 160 plus with, with, the, with the UK Adam. But am I right in thinking, Dan, that? The UK handicapper can't add any weight onto a 150 rated horse, or am I just thinking? Am I just making that up? I just imagine it's more a case of the more condensed to that level. You wouldn't get many 150 odd plus Irish horses running handicaps, really, would you? You get a lot less than that. And as I say, as I've often said in the past, they're not strictly just adding it on as they go. They are rating these horses in Ireland all the time. They just take mm -hmm. a higher view of the form. 
Yeah. It, it just, I mean, if, if, if 100... Not high enough based on Dad's lad. Yeah, yeah when, they, when, they, when they swap trainers to an English stable, then they're happy to drop them back again, like in this yeah. case. <laughs> Okay, so Daily Tiger, literally. Daily Tiger for TC. Okay, Daily Tiger for TC at twenties, big price. Let's move on to the three fifteen last race. We need to preview, guys. Major Dundee is your four to one favourite for this handicap chase for Alan King, Tom Cannon in the saddle, lasting over four miles, dropping back down to the three now. Our power in here for Sam Thomas at five to one, Charlie Deutsch in the saddle, um, last seen in the ultimate. And then T Clipper, who had an excellent season last season for Tom Lacey, uh, has had a run back though, has the race fitness down on T Clipper's side. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't what he was beating. What a star he's been, Peregrine run down the years, but he's still a 12 year old. Oh. He's in the old enough to smoke category. And <laughs> T Clip had everything in his favor and got sort of worn down. There's literally ours today, Regal Encore. We will, in a 18 months' time, we'll be able to say he's actually old enough to smoke. <laughs> Finally, we've found one. Um, but I'm a big fan of our powers. Listening to an interview with Sam Thomas on Lucky's podcast the other day, and he was making it pretty obvious that his horses are. Absolutely nailed on for this meeting. Before mm-hmm. midnight was one who runs earlier. Our power another. Massive eye catch, I thought, at Cheltenham. It was a really strong race anyway. Corrick Rambler, who I think runs on Sunday. You had that pipey horse that had been finishing place in all those good handicaps. And our power was stuck ridiculously wide. He must have been eight wide. Big eye catcher. He'd shaped well prior to that as well in another good handicap. This is D-Day for him. He's edged down two pounds. I'd have made him favourite against a horse that if you finish in third in a Scottish national, I'm guessing you've not got Ascot in October at the top of your list. Okay, our power for Dan, the flatbread horse, Kevin. Um, who do you fancy here? Um, I fancied Mr. Malarkey, um, another one that, that benefited from, from some super generous treatment from the handicapper and three moderate runs last season, down 12 pounds, swapped to Richard Bandy, the Bandy man. And um, has ran very well um, in his first two starts for him last season. And look, he's operated very well around this course and distance before. Um, has gone well fresh before. And I'm hoping that uh, he'll be well revved up for this because it's a, it's a good pot. And it's an obvious one to aim for with a horse of his profile. So, yeah, Mr. Malarkey for the bandy man. Okay. Tens currently on the sports book. TC. Who do you fancy? Uh, this is a, thought, paying an extra, paying an extra place. Yeah. We should say four places here. Um, I thought Major Dundee was was the right favourite. I didn't think he got home with the Scottish National. He's a, he's exactly the kind of slow maturing, improving horse that Trevor Hemmings used to buy. So yeah, I, I can see there's more improvement of him. Um, I, I wouldn't, you know, with, with extra place and sixteen to one, week along course. There's no, there's no no hoper in here. I mean. Won this in 2020. We all know he's won other races here. Um, he was third last year, and he's now on to his lowest ever chase mark of 136. Now I know he's 14, but yeah, if he's going to be if he's going to be prime prime for any race, it'd probably be this. Um, so I think 16 to one each way Regal Lumpur is the way I'm going to go if I was ever betting the race. I haven't, and I'm not sure I will. But it would be Regal Lumpur 16s each way four places if I do. Okay. Um, let's stick with UTC for naps, please. It's naps time. Um, that wraps up the show nearly, but we need your naps. And TC, you can go first, please. Yeah. Very, very tricky weekend. On the basis that uh, the horse will only run if the ground doesn't turn too des- uh, testing, I'm going to go with Prashima at Weatherby. 
Okay, Prashima at Weatherby for TC. Dan, who's your nap, please? <laughs> I'm going to say that my nap is that Tony will tip a horse older than Regal Encore at some point this season, please. No, that's literally not possible. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> um, if he's one in training... Um... He'll find oh, yeah. so there's, there's there's one over here that's about 25 at this stage, yeah. So you never know. That, de- <laughs> that Curry debutant, HSC. yeah. One debuted at 13 the other day. Yeah. <laughs> no, Joseph O'Brien's got a 15 year old that he hasn't and been off for the last eight years that they're lining one up for. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Wait, wait, wait for the wait for the Martin and Pipe, uh, Dan, Nat, please. Can I have our power in the race you just discussed, please? Just ahead of Sam Reeve, our power. Okay, our power for you. And Kevin, we're being told that there is a forfeit for finishing last and in the minuses for the jump snaps, and that's that you're going to have to spend 12 hours in McDonald's. How do you feel about that? Because it's likely coming your way. Uh, yeah, well, you see, Vanessa, we talked about sneaky operators earlier on, and, I, you know, I, I thought I'd take a season off last season just to lower people's uh, expectations, etc. Knowing full well that Barry Orr couldn't resist bringing in a forfeit, and now I'll, I'll be I'll be out for my life this season. So <laughs> it might be typical Irish raider been put away for exactly. Yeah, you're not a plummeting mark here. <laughs> Even the British handicapper can't save you. That's uncommon. <laughs> I'm gonna go for a Washington win only, no messing. Washington. Okay. My my nap is Nina the Terrier up at Weatherby in the Mayor's Hurdle, please, for Alan King. Um, so that wraps up the show, everyone. Thank you very much. As always, don't forget about the offer Betfair have on. Get a £10 free bet when you bet £10 worth of multiples on Friday or Saturday in horse racing. And please do check the show's description for the T's and C's of said offer. Um don't forget also we'll be back on Monday with Wade in to discuss everything from the weekends. But in the meantime, thank you very much for listening. Enjoy the weekend's action, but do remember to gamble responsibly. <laughs>